From racing.com and top sport, this is a good three with Dr. Turf, Matt Welsh and Paul Tatnall. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Good Three. It's the last episode hey. of 2022. Turfy, you're off the hook. You no longer have to turn up here on a Thursday. I, I know it's tough for you I to get out of bed. I enjoy turning up and doing this podcast, having a chin wag with uh, you know, two of the power brokers of the Victorian, probably Australian racing industry. I, you know, I'm in the presence of greatness. and Probably, I the, most, probably the most influential Racing.com's editor-in-chief, Paul Tatnall, yeah. who no, has joined us. We've got the big us. dog next to us. Now it is the last episode. Oh. I'm going to use it again. No, you absolutely <laughs> are not. Now, you, Turf, you've been doing a little bit of travelling since I, we I last had a, had a week off. Uh, a a week, week off what? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing comedy, is he? Is he doing comedy? Is that, is that what Credit we're, we're reduced to? Credit to Paul, uh, that was I, terrific. I did have a, a golf trip uh, to uh, You to have Thailand. to put in leave? Uh, to myself. Uh, no, I had a week off. You know, it was a fairly vigorous cup carnival. When you say to Mrs. Turf, I'm going away to play golf with the boys for a week in Thailand, yeah. what does she say? Uh, well, there's got to be a square off somewhere, so uh, we'll work on that later on. Um, but anyway, you know, so off with a little, a lot of punters and a few bookies <laughs> on the golf trip too. So, how did you hit them? Uh, no, I played okay, thanks. Uh, and there was a lot of yeah, it was very stressful because <laughs> no, there's a lot of money involved. You know, <laughs> lot, when you're playing with these sorts of blokes, it's non-stop action. Did you come out on top? I think I may have just chopped out at the end. Because last time I think you travelled, you said you played deplorably. Yeah, no, it's a lot better this time. I know you don't care, but... Uh, no, I do care. Do you? Do you? I don't care. No, he doesn't care. Uh, but anyway, a lot of fun. That's terrific. Paul, how have you been? Yeah, good. I had a week up in the Gold Coast. Oh, you've all been travelling. I can I say this? I have no idea why people live in Melbourne. It is it is the pits. <laughs> oh, we gee, we left the Gold Coast, and I don't want to go down the, you know, the weather route. 30 degrees, turf it. Gold Coast. You know, they've had eight a, degrees in Melbourne when we landed. They've had a miserable year on the Gold Coast this year, weather-wise. So, you, you, you got God's to, country. Did you? Did you? Um, were you? A, are you a theme park? Oh, person? he would have been. We uh, agreed with our young children if they behaved for the vast majority of the trip, they would do a day in Wet and Wild. Yeah. Um, so we did have a day there. It was spectacular. And uh, you, did you, you know, did you partake? I you, did. Did, I did you go down the big slide? There was one slide. <laughs> my wife, who doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can really stitch her up here. <laughs> I'll make sure she listens yeah, this exactly. week. <laughs> She'll get a tap on the shoulder during the week, but go she on. She literally cried at the top of a slide, and my seven-year-old just zooms down it, and she cried real tears. Mm. Boy, oh boy. Oh, I, certainly, I, will, I, I certainly hope about, Cassie doesn't listen this way. One thing I talk about the fashion as well at some of these gold, uh, gold uh, coats. moving into fashion. Some oh. of the bathers' turf. I just, I'm maybe I'm getting old. You're sounding, you're beginning to sound a little bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? I'm not sure we should air this episode. Uh, uh, I don't know. Hey, well, I, it's just nice to have a week, uh, week off. Nice you know? of you both to travel. So yeah. I, I also went away. I embarked on a, a, a trip to a family reunion. So I've been to the races a every family weekend. Family reunion. Every weekend. The Welsh family. Imagine the silver spoons at oh, that family reunion. Every weekend for the last month and a half, two months, I've been at the races and uh, I took a weekend off. I'm going to the family reunion. In? Where was it? The uh, races. Was, was it really? The races. Are you serious? It was at the, uh, the Hay Cup. Oh, oh that's so, okay. Did you have a punt? Uh, my, s yeah, well, not really, no. Hey, uh, in all seriousness, tell us about the hay races. It you was, know? yeah. Uh, well, you, uh, you've sort of, we lose track of where 
people like that. I mean, we all grew up going to those meetings on a regular sort of basis, um, country race meetings. I've been to country race meetings all around the country and it's been a while since I've been to one and I love them. It was, it was a great experience. Uh, we had to spend uh, 12 hours across two days in the car with, with a four-year-old and seven-year-old, so that was challenging. Uh, we, we left on Friday, drove to Echuca, stayed in Echuca, went to a brilliant uh, brewery on the way up. At, was the uh, racing at Victoria Christ. chopper out of use for the weekend? Oh, please. Uh, please, only ever travel by, by uh, motor vehicle. Well, and Echuca Brewery was a tremendous place to take the four-year-old and the seven-year-old. <laughs> That's hey, lovely. It was kid-friendly. They had uh, playground out the back. Of course they did. So well, uh, that was good. We just stopped in for a very quick dinner on the way up yeah. and started Echuca. I've got to say, one thing that was... Very sad it is the the flooding and the the amount of flooding from Echuca through to Daniloquin up to Hay. It's it's just it's terrible. It's, mm. it's quite amazing to see it firsthand. There's parts where you're driving through and it looks like the sea on either side of the road. A couple of times we encountered water over the road and and speaking to a few locals, those waters are still to rise. So tragic and and certainly send uh, thoughts out to anyone affected by the floods. But we stayed in Echuca, got up to Hay on Saturday lunchtime, went straight out to the races. The weather was shocking early in the day. We had storms rolling through. Hay, uh, a dirt track. Yep. Uh, Grass. Haven't made a hay. Grass surrounds and um, had a little marquee for the the family reunion. So uh, (laughs) my great, 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 Grandfather or, or thereabouts, um, Turfy, so ran in, ran in your time. But older than Turfy, they won the 1870 Hay Cup, which was the uh, the first cup run. And uh, this year, given they missed two years for COVID, was the 150th running. Fair dinkum. And uh, someone from uh, my extended family bought the uh, the 1870 Hay Cup to the races. Mm. So uh, yeah, it was a good so day out. A really enjoyable day. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's a relaxed, at, re- relaxed atmosphere. Many, um, there was a great crowd on course. Everyone having a, a terrific time despite the rain early in the day. Strong ring? I mean, oh, they, they had They had five or six bookies betting on the local races yep. and uh, and then another five or six betting they on, would have seen on the uh, come Melbourne and, and Sydney races. We're about to do ourselves here. They see the, the big dog walk through. Oh, please, now, Turf, what is please, your, please, what is your favourite country racetrack? Oh, gee, that's a good question. Um, well, I wouldn't call Warrnambool a country track, but I mean, it's the one where I've had the most amount of enjoyment over the years. Probably the one, clearly the one I've been to the most number of times. But we sort of, um, we used to holiday when we were kids, we used to holiday on the Port Phillip Riviera, probably known as Franklin. <laughs> and we used to uh, go to uh, morning. That was when you did the mouse racing. <laughs> we, that's another story. We used to um, go to Packenham and Cramman and Mornington over the, the summer months. So, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time at those sort of tracks as well. Um, but always enjoyed, you know, I've, I've been to country race it's tracks such a all, over, all country over Australia. Race and, meetings. And, I've got yeah. a weekend at Balnaring picnics in the following weekend with a large group of gentlemen. Bucks Day or? Something hey. similar, Bucks Day? Do you know? No, just a... Uh, day out. Day out. Yeah. I did a... Uh, I used to own a horse in Melbourne called Racy Dancer. This is a long time ago and, you know, he gave up trying the horse. So you do what you do, you sell them to North Queensland when they give up. And then six months later, I had this job, I had to MC the awards night for the Port Douglas Crocodiles footy club, AFL team. So I've gone up there and I said to the bloke, well, I'll only come up if there's a race meeting up there because it was Turnbull Stakes Day and there was. It was the Gordon Vale Cup in northern Queensland. So we lobbed at Gordon Vale and uh, it was a bit of a goat track, you know, it's no outside running rail and you know, dirt track and so forth, but it was the Gordon Vale Cup. So I'm pe- leafing through the race book and there's, there's the horse I sold up there, <laughs> Racy Dancer. 
So I've gone out to the back and this old cocky putting the saddle on it. So I go, hey mate, you know, my name's John from Melbourne. I used to own that horse. He's gone. Nice skunk, you sold me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't actually use exactly those words. <laughs> there may have been an f bomb in there somewhere along the line. Uh, ran, ran second last at Gordonvale. <laughs> when they don't, when they don't try, they don't try. So there you go. I went thousands of miles and ran into one of the uh, the beasts. It's the the heart and soul of racing, country racing. It, it's absolutely oh, no, fantastic. No, no doubt. Um, particularly the local, local communities, it's a way of um, them all sort of bonding and keeping together. And well, we'd, we'd arrived, sort of, we, we headed to the racetrack probably after most people had got there for the Hay Cup and, and drove down the main street, obviously, to get there. And it was an absolute ghost town. Yeah. Every single person in Hay was uh, at the races. Yeah, and, all the uh, shops were shut. Yeah, they were all having a terrific did day. they have fashions on the field? They did, <laughs> they did. Uh, very strong fashions on the field. Uh, someone from the family entered. I think they finished uh, third in um, in the fashions on the field. Uh, my, my half-sister did manage to uh, accost the uh, the winning yeah. sash at some point to take a, a photo, but um, no, you she may, hadn't won. You may be shocked to know that... Um I judged the fashions on the field <laughs> <laughs> at Kuna Barabran one day. It was, it was the Kuna Barabran Cup. I don't know if I can tell this story on air, but I'll have a crack. And if you want to, if you want to edit it, you can. Anyway, I had to. This is true. So I was MC the uh, the uh, fashions on the field, and I said to the bloke, "Everything." He gave me the list of prizes: first, second, third, and all of that. And I said, "Everything's sweet." He said. He said, don't give that number six any any prize. I said, oh, really? He said, why not? He, he said, she gave my son the clap. Oh. So, <laughs> it's a true story. So anyway. Like it's the last one. We're not coming back I, anyway. It's, it's, hand on my heart. It's what happened. I, <laughs> I gave her third prize, right? And he's come up to me afterwards. He said, what you going to do that for? I said, look, mate. It's a $20 chemist voucher. It's a win-win. He, uh, he never saw the he never saw the humor in it, but I thought it was quite funny. Oh boy, oh boy. Wow. You know you're at a great country tr- a race meeting when they the girl sings the national anthem standing in bare feet in the back of the ute, which, which is what she did on Coonabarra Brand Cup though that day. It was a great it was a great day. Honestly Seriously. don't know where we go from there. Like, <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not sure at all. Uh, <laughs> what, what a story! Well, uh, uh, it, it, definitely going to be our last episode. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it is our last episode for the year. Yes. Let's let's talk about some of the famous or the, the favourite memories from the year. Uh, no doubt, mouse racing. I touched on it before, but uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to uh, whatever episode it is, look it up on uh, the podcast store. But it was outstanding, Turfy. Uh, well, it was just something we did at summertime uh, every year. You know, uh, kids get bored and uh, the, when the weather's no good and we had a ping pong table, which no one didn't really like playing ping pong. It just seemed to me like a great place for a racetrack. <laughs> We've spoken to some good people across the last year or so. Paul, favourite guest? David Hayes, I think, at the time. Uh, probably our best rated one, looking at some of the numbers as well, from Hong Kong. Troy Corsons, I liked hearing yeah. him missing out on Nature's Strip, of course. Uh, no, it's really good. I think what I liked about the guests is we realised you don't have to be a Group 1 trainer to be a key pillar of racing. So, no, it was good fun. David Price, I thought, was David Price. fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Fascinating guy. We spoke to Andrew Rule, who had yep. written that book, uh, Chance, on a collection of uh, sort of 
racing stories more of a nefarious nature than perhaps. It's a great book. <laughs> some, of, some of the authorities really made a lot. Yeah, that was a great uh, collection of stories. That one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been good fun, and we're going to finish with a bang. Right, uh, one of that? one of the great moments of the year, I thought, was uh, Giga Kick winning the Everest. Terrific story. Went up there, beat the big guys up in Sydney, and. Um, Clayton Douglas was the trainer who took Giga Kick up there to taste success on the big stage. Well, Clayton, great to have you on the podcast. This is our final episode of 2022 as we preface. So we've gone the biggest guest last of all. And there was no bigger win in 2022 than Giga Kick up at the Everest. You went up there, you took on the big boys, you knocked them off. What was that day like? Yeah, look, it was phenomenal, to be honest. Um you know, to take a unbeaten three-year-old and just to get him into that race, let alone um, beat Nature Strip and Private Eye and obviously Marzu. You know, they're the, they're our top sprinters in Australia. To be able to come out on top, um, it was phenomenal, and uh, the atmosphere, the weather was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was just a just a phenomenal day and something that I won't be forgetting. What about how, how did the the Sydney media, how did the Sydney racing uh, people treat you? There's a you know, a, fair to say there's. Not a great spirit of cooperation between the two states at the moment, Clayton. Were you embraced by by the locals? No, it was really good, actually. Um, obviously, um, Sydney media are really good to me. They they really wanted to get behind the story of myself um, with the picnics and um, you know pra- practically transitioning to every every aspect of the racing industry. So um, that was a that was a bit of a quite a big head, headline and. Obviously, at the age of 27, to have the youngest horse in the Everest, they really sort of put that on the map, uh, especially on the on the Tuesday night for the barrier draw. So, no, it was really good. It was a, a great week, and um, yeah, he's a he's a seriously good horse. He's a seriously good horse. You mentioned that you are only 27, Clayton. Talk to me about the day of the Everest. You're sitting in the mounting yard with the Chris Wallers and the Hawks. Are you intimidated by their presence or do you think oh, I deserve to be here? I've got the talent. I've got, I clearly had the best horse as well. Yeah, look, it is a little bit intimidating. Um, you know, they're, they're such headline people in our industry and they're such idols of the sport. And to think that I'm rubbing shoulders with them and being able to um, to be competing against them at, at the top level, um, and like you say, at such a young age, it's, it's amazing to think. So, um, you know, it's um, it's was a bit sort of pinch myself sort of stuff, but um, you know, I, I did have a lot of confidence in my horse and a lot of confidence in myself, and um, I knew that he was sort of ready to go on the day. Tell me how you got the horse. Now it is owned by one Jonathan Munns, who has more money than horses. Um, how did you come to get his horse? He has a number of trainers. Obviously, you are in the infancy of your training career. How did that horse come to your stable? Yeah, look, um, I've had a good association with Jonathan for a long time. I actually won on Super Saturday's second start in a race. He obviously went on to win a Caulfield Guineas. I wrote him a uh, majority of his track work all, most throughout his career. and um, So I had a really good association. My uncle is his racing manager. And um, obviously when I took out my licence, Jonathan was pretty keen to be able to give me a horse. And um, this guy needed placing and, and um, I was lucky enough to, to be able to get hold of him and he was only a little fella and um, you know he's quite immature at the time but to the horse that he's turned out to be now it's it's phenomenal so what about uh, those early uh, three-year-old wins you win at Caulfield chased down a, uh, I can't remember who you chased down horse a, of horses so. uh, yeah and no, then, alpha one alpha, alpha one that's, that's right it, alpha noted. one then I think yeah. you may have gone to Flemington and knocked over one a nutshell I think 
when you're going through these sorts of races, at the back of your mind, if, if the preparation goes to plan, what was your target back in the early spring? Yeah, look, our early target was um, the Coolmore. Um, we sort of felt it was probably the right race against his own own class, um, but or against his own age, sorry. And um, but it sort of each each few weeks he just kept coming up underneath us and, and kept showing us that you know he's potentially you know one of the better horses in the country and what he was doing. And even back when he won first up down the straight. Um, in that two-year-old handicap when Matt Cartwright rode him, um, you know, to, to be doing what he did on that soft ground and, and ride the speed and, and get away with it, get away from him and still be so new and raw, um, you know, that's when we sort of really thought that we, we did have a good horse in our hands and, you know, first time to the Group 3 level at Caulfield, um, back on top of the ground, it was, you know, a bit of an unknown as to what he was going to do and, and where he was going to sit in the scheme of things because there were... Like you say, Alpha One was coming off a big win at Mooney Valley and, you know, even the horse like Thron Bone, he was, I think he was three on the bounce at the time and Cannonball had a big fair rap on him. So, no, it was a really good race, that Caulfield race. And um, to run the sectionals, he did. And to be finding a line of solid as he did, um, you know, we knew we knew we had a pretty good horse on our hands. So, Clayton, now that you're an Everest-winning trainer, you're, you've been the man of the moment throughout the spring carnival. Is the, have the owners been banging your door down, uh, bringing you horses? Yeah, look, it's been really good. Um, obviously, my business models, um, young horses, have sort of had a good bit of success with my two-year-olds. Um, you know, a horse like Mimosas, he was able to win down the straight as a two-year-old also and had a couple of nice-performed two-year-olds throughout an early part of my career. So... Um, I have been in discussion with quite a lot of new owners and people wanting to get in touch with me and um, there's been a steady amount of new horses that have arrived into the stable and I think it'll it'll start to sort of ramp up over the yearling sale time and um, hopefully we can target some nice horses and, and get them get them going um, throughout their career as well. Last word on, on Giga Kick, uh, of course, had his uh, final race this preparation, the Coolmore. Uh, it looked to me like... Willow was trying to get him to the outside, but the horse didn't want to go to the outside. He seemed to be laying in there. There's no, no issue with him at all. He was just uh, at the end of his prep, or did he have a little issue? He, no, no, he pulled up. He horse pulled up really well. Um, sort of um, one of those things, uh, straight racing can be tricky. Obviously, we're held in and, and just got bumped around. New horse against the older horses in that spring champion sprint. Um, you know, he's only a little horse and he's, he's not going to be manoeuvring horses out the way. Um, he's just a horse that's probably still learning. He's he's always had a tendency to go go left. You would have seen that in the vein. He wanted to run back down to Alpha 1. Um, you know, obviously in Sydney, it's going the opposite way, so it sort of didn't worry. But um, he has had that tendency. He did it also in the Dane Hill when he won. He's sort of drawn, drawn wide and sat wide and when he quickened he, he rolled back to the rail so that's just something that he's going to um, hopefully improve on and learn um, no he's, he's 100% spot on after that run and he pulled up really well after it and he's enjoying a little break um, out in the paddock at the moment Clayton one of the, the other horses that you trained that made headlines probably for slightly different reasons a uh, year or so ago might, might have my timeline slightly wrong but was uh, Barocca who uh, went to sale I think was heavily backed off a, a couple of hot jump outs maybe, maybe the biggest social media tip in the world <laughs> could well have been could well have been 
was, Absolutely was. was that plunge in, inspired by the stable? And did you go there with the sort of confidence that the market had that Baraka had a fair bit of ability? Yeah, he was my first runner as a trainer, actually. That was my first. <laughs> there you go. Good first start. Day, yeah. My first runner. Um, yeah, he was he was very good, that horse. He, um, he came to me. Uh, my uncle had him and he'd had a, had, um, had a long time off. He was by I love this city. He's obviously having a, his first run in a four-year-old nut maiden at sale. But um, we sort of knew he was very good. He trialled trialed against um, Princess Jenny and, you know, a lot of the top-class um, horses that are at Mornington in no control as an unraced horse and, and rounded them up like they were stuck to the fence. So we knew going to sale that he was very good. Um, I, yeah, and, I, I'm, you know, there was a fair bit of uh, fair bit of confidence throughout the stable and... Um, we always thought he was going to be top class horse as well. So, yeah, for him to win his first two starts for me as a trainer and um, head off to Hong Kong and do well up there, um, it's been a really good, really good thing for my business as well. Okay, let's go back, Leighton. Uh, it's first week in May. You're punching a nine-year-old called Gold Medal through Grana's paddock, trying to negotiate him around Warnable. How far away is training in your mind at this time of your life? It was on the back of my mind. I was obviously riding on the flat at the time and really struggling with it all. And I actually had, I think I just had Barocca and, and another horse um, just in work with my dual licence. And, um, you know, he was he was, uh, he was was going really good at the time and had another young horse that was about to have its first run for me. And it was sort of getting a little bit difficult. I was, you know, having to duck off of the morning and go and have a sweat in the bath and um, lose weight and... Um, you know, I felt like um, just the, the rides were not so much drying up, but the quality of rides for myself were starting to, you know, diminish a little bit. I wasn't wasn't being able to get on the better ones in the bush and had a, had a really good season there where I rode, rode quite a lot of winners and I just felt, um, you know, sort of wanted to pull up on my own terms and uh, won the Australian steeple on riding high for Henry Dwyer and uh, drove home that day and... and um, decide to pull the pin. So, yeah, my last ride in a race was, was an Australian steeple winner. Clayton, in terms of where you want to go with your training career, obviously the the Everest win, no doubt, has put you further on the map. But do you have goals and ambitions of being a big mega stable? Is is there somewhere you want to get with your training career or you just take it as, take it, as it comes each day? Um, just take it as it comes each day, the way things get managed. I think you need a good good team of staff behind to be able to manage um, what you've got and um, you know whether that means that we can we can grow a little bit more or um, keep it as what it is um, it's probably just take it day by day but you know I've had a lot to do with um, Anthony Freeman worked for him for a, for a lot of years and um, you know I really like like the way he does things he's, he's a very astute trainer he's got a nice number of horses and he gets very good results and very good results with his two-year-olds so um, you know, if I can aspire and have a goal to, to sort of have a setup similar to his, I, I'd be very happy. And Clayton, before we let you go, uh, it would be remiss not to ask for, I suppose, a horse to follow from the stable. Uh, the next Barocca, the one that we can uh, get on before the market catches up with it. Uh, is there one that you're excited about at home that we haven't yet seen? Um, yeah, I've got a got a nice colt, um, Star Spangled Banner colt. He's a two-year-old at the moment. He, Probably see him um, early part of the autumn. He's he's a horse that um, has a quite a bright future. He's 
He's a horse called um, Perilous Fighter. He's um, lovely two-year-old colt. He's he's probably um, he's probably one of the top seeds at the moment with with all my two-year-olds, and he's showing me some some nice qualities. So hopefully he can develop into a into a nice horse in the autumn for us. All right, perilous fighter. Certainly uh, note that down in the Want black, the black book. book. Absolutely, Clayton. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat, and uh, it really has been great to see you enjoy such uh, terrific success over the spring carnival. Giga Kick, no doubt, has a huge future ahead of him. Look forward to seeing him and uh, a number of other runners from the stable in the coming years. But best of luck, and thanks for having a chat. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. A look from the book. Presented by Top Sport. Time now to have a chat to Tristan from Top Sport. Tristan, I haven't spoken to you in a while. How have you been? Yeah, it's, it's been a little while, hasn't it? So it's, um, but yeah, it's been uh, been a busy little window. Obviously, the big spring races are finished now, but we've had plenty of sport on the horizon. Three World Cups and the soccer's keeping us up late, which is, uh, yeah, which has been an enjoyable uh, little period. We're back to Caulfield this Saturday, Tristan. Obviously, for the first time since the Caulfield Cup, we've got the Zipping Classic. We've got good quality racing right across the card. Uh, has there been much interest early doors? It's been a little bit of a push uh, for a few of the different races. In the in the Zipping Classic, without a fight, has been well-backed. It's been $3.90 into $3.70. So punters are expecting a good performance there. Then in the Eclipse Stakes, probably the one they've come for at really big odds is right down the bottom of the other uh, field, number 13, Princess Rummies. It's, it's been $17 into 14 So um, it probably hasn't been as much early action as what we've seen uh, in, in in other weeks. But, um, yeah, I certainly expect on race day when you got the, the good good meeting at Caulfield, obviously good racing over at Perth, and then a few other little spot fire decent races around the traps. It should be a good day of racing. Speaking of Perth, yes. Group 1 racing, of course, Saturday. What's uh, interest been like over there? Yeah, it's been really solid. The uh, we, had, we had the guineas there, obviously, last week in the railway. And, um, yeah, punters were really, really engaged in that meeting. It, it was good to see. So um, I'm, I'm expecting something similar this weekend with the Winterbottom Stakes. It's been quite a big move. Obviously, Rothfire was competing in some good races over the spring. It's headed over with Ollie in the saddle. And it's been well back, 550 into $4.60. So it's been far and away the best-backed horse in that race. Elite Street. Uh, it's going to be very competitive as usual over there. It's been seven fifty to six dollars, but looks a really wide open uh, betting race, and, and and it was the same uh, last week as well in a number of those good races. So good to see some good strong fields over there in Perth at the moment. What about um, we have a a test series that uh, we're trying to sort of uh, gather some sort of interest in? There's been three horrendous one days uh, between Australia and England. That uh, what's it? 4,000 at the MCG or was it 8,000 at the MCG? Well, there was less than sort of 1,000 early doors, wasn't there, during the afternoon? Obviously, people working during the afternoon, so probably not going to go into the evening. Like? I mean, what the hell was that scheduling all about anyway? Uh, but what, what was the interest like for you guys? Um, was there much? Oh, it was a pretty pretty uh, ordinary turnover from our perspective, you know, obviously coming off the highs of the World Cup and, and yeah, it's just a nothing series really and, um, you know, it, it is what it is, I suppose. But, yeah, I can't see the, 
the uh, the test series being too different. Just looking at the betting now, the Aussies are a dollar fifteen favourites. Uh, the draw eight fifty in West Indies thirteen. Where we've got the Prime Minister's match going on at the moment, and uh, bit of a concern the Windies are rolling some of their their, their part time spinners arms over on day one, which is a concern for what we're going to see deeper into the um, into the test series. I think so. Hopefully they can surprise us. They performed themselves admirably in the in the T20 before the World Cup and they obviously got bundled out in the other uh, qualifiers. So it just depends how seriously they've taken their preparation, I suppose, in that period, which I probably don't uh, think too highly. All right, Tristan, uh, it is the last show of the year and uh, probably the most popular segment throughout the year has been the lay of the day. <laughs> Uh, Whatever ter- while we're away. Uh, Tongue-tied and Turfy's tails probably at the other end of the <laughs> spectrum, but uh, lay of the day has not failed to deliver very often. Uh, what are we looking at this Saturday? Who are you taking on? Are you giving some, the listeners something to fill the Christmas stocking? Uh, so what I'm going to do, last episode of, of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to reverse the one little curse that got throughout the year was the the Ma Eustace stable, uh, we took on Grand Slam at one point and Paul jumped on the back of that and, and he, he declared it as one of his uh, best bets of the day. I'm going to take Grand Slam on again at $3.70. That's race six, number one in the Eclipse. And I, I just think big weight, you know, uh, second up. I, I just think it's a risk at those odds. So $3.70 that we're going to make that the lay of the day, race six, number one at Caulfield. Yeah, he's a, and I think you'd describe him as an enigmatic horse, wouldn't you, Matt? Yeah, you uh, certainly would. On his day, he could win by four. And he could puncture at the 400. And you, you don't know which one you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, throughout the, the season, probably before we switch to Wednesdays, we're running a, a punters club. We had our multi, our weekly multi, yes. uh, varying degrees of success, probably varying. less success <laughs> than, than more success. But, uh, of course, we were raising money for initially the floods up in uh, northern New South Wales and Queensland and most recently here in Victoria. Tristan, what's the final tally? Final tally is forty six hundred. So we raised oh. a little bit of cash there, which we'll get we'll get sorted uh, next week. We'll, we'll get a, get a little uh, payment done and get all the details sorted. So yeah, four thousand six hundred. So despite uh, a few weeks of barren results there, we still managed to contribute something, which is really good to see. That's creative accounting. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm stacking, to be perfectly honest. You only you only really remember the bad beats, obviously, yeah, Turf. That's, that's, that's it. We must have had a couple of wins in there. A few glorious moments amongst it. Uh, Paul carried the yeah, side a couple of times. $29 winner, which, which uh, probably filled most of the stockings. Okay. I think that might have been when you two boys were away, I think. Yeah, thank you, Tristan, <laughs> of course. All right, Tristan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you've been wonderful on the show throughout the year. Hope you have a great Christmas and uh, hopefully a fruitful summer period for you at Top Sport. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's been a great, a uh, lot of fun, and I uh, look forward to coming back bigger and better next year. Thanks, Tris. Yeah, but thanks for your support. Cheers. Having a bet on the racing this week? Top this. With Top Sport's best of the best multis, top odds are guaranteed. Place a best of the best multi during Saturday Metro meetings for the top flux or dividend from the best three national totes. Plus, there's best of the best to win up to five grand too. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Well, Turfy, uh, it's been a while since we've done the form on this show because we've been recording on Wednesday, but yes. lo and behold, you've actually done some. I've done, done a couple of races. The, the leave, the, leave the listeners with a winner. The Zipping Classic and the, uh, the Sandown Giddies. Well, 
Without a flight started 10 to 1, 11 to 1 in the Melbourne Cup, and fair to say that the trip and the wet got the better of him. At weight for eight years, the best rated horse in, in this race here. Are these going anywhere, Vow and Declare and, and Persan and uh, Great House, Luncey's? Uh, Luncey's got a chance, I think, but uh, are they going anywhere? If this bloke's any good without a fight, I reckon he'll beat these at weight for age. Came across with uh, a big boom, solid credentials. Uh, they're carrying on with him, which is interesting enough, now joined the, uh, the Freedman Stable, so... Memory telling me there's been a couple of horses who've come through the Melbourne Cup and won this race. Yep. Maybe, I know Sam won it last year off a slow pace and he just sprinted too quickly, which sounds bizarre that <laughs> Sam sprinted too quickly for them, but he did. And, of course, uh, Zipping uh, won for them. I reckon he came through Melbourne Cups on at least two of those occasions, yeah. Zipping. And yep. I think there was a uh, Southern France and yep. I think uh, Lord Williams had another winner coming through the Melbourne Cup. So if that... Um, if that routine works for this guy, the fact that none of these are going anywhere, if he's still, uh, you know, going to improve here in Australia, he should just about beat these. The Sandown Guineas, uh, big field, very even sort of race. I think it looks to me to revolve around, see you in heaven, uh, Richard and Chantel Jolly's filly, who's coming off that run behind uh, Rosita, yep. the Sydney filly who won that particular race. Uh, but... The fortune teller, still in first prep, but gee, she's going well, fortune teller. Yeah. I think just coming through races like the Carbine Club and that, we came from stone motherless by... Bit of John, a looker, isn't he? ...behind uh, John Sargent's thrilled, who... Uh, he'll make the grade John Sargent's horse. That was a very, very big win. So I like the fortune teller in the Sandown Guineas. All right, well, that's uh, for the listeners to fill their, their Christmas stockings, as we touched on yeah. a little bit earlier. Now, we've already heard the holidays that you guys have been on over the past week, but we're about to head into the, uh, the Christmas holidays. So now that you've got uh, jaunts planned. No, I'm, uh, I'm working and uh, family live down the coast. Nothing for me, Turf. What extravagant holidays you got planned? Northern New South Wales for me. Uh, must Again. Be nice. That's where Every you've got Christmas a compound up there. <laughs> compound. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, just like the Kennedys. Back and to the Zipping Classic. Are we going to expect some big changes to the race day next year, do is we it, think? Is this, why is this at um, Caulfield? Well, the, the yeah, MRC. Are they, get, are they getting ready for a, a Caulfield Cup in this particular day down the track? Oh, I don't necessarily think so. They they tried to create something, or they created something at the back end. They've moved it back a couple of weeks yep. to, to create a, uh, a back so end. So Santa worked for the Underwood, didn't it? So yeah, yeah, they swapped some races. That's, that's so. what they did. They that's put a group one at Sandown. That's not pressure. To, it's, I feel sorry well, for I, You know, he can, he can put his work hat no, on. Well, it's it's the, the, MRC, the MRC, you know, have built last year what was a terrific day on course. I was there. They got a good crowd. I think they'd be expecting another big crowd 10, this Saturday. 10,000 on Saturday. I want to give weather. our friend to my left some credit, though. The communication around some of these can races, 25 can races you've had to pull off because of the weather? Yeah, a lot of them, picnic season, unfortunately. Mm, which on the synthetic, yeah. too. Uh, well, yeah, that was out of need. There's just no grass tracks to be able to mm. get get some runs into the picnic. They course, have uh, been hit hard, the picnics, haven't yep. they? They've uh-huh. re- and, you know, we're talking about places that have one to two meetings a year to, yep. l- to lose those. You know, plus, Dunkel lost their cup again they did. this year. Yep. So you really feel for those local clubs. And I've been to all of those... R- you know, Evokers and Witchy Proof and, and Dunkeld over the years. They're fantastic days. Yeah. They are absolutely fantastic. For blokes that, like us, you know, we're at Fleming and Caulfield and Sand and, you know, the Valley, you know, week in and week out, to go to those strong 
country cups, great community sort of feeling about them, uh, and, and they lose them because of El Nino. It's been incredible. <laughs> La Nino. La, what do you call it? What's it called? What is El, uh, El La, 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 La Nino. Well, there's two of them, isn't there? Yeah. There's a good one. The so what is one. the big dog of racing do? Oh, my so God. I know you can know that I'm not just – Turn off your mic for a sec, too. There are some big works coming from RV in the next few weeks. But once that work is done, Matthew, what does the big man of racing do? Oh, can Christmas you stop holiday? saying things like that? I'll, I'll spend some time with the kids. You know cool. what? You get so unsettled by it that you're guaranteeing it's going to continue. And I might just join in the party. <laughs> Turfy. You absolute peanut. No, it's oh, been. It's always oh, a pleasure catching oh, up with big you dogs guys. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll say goodbye for 2022. And everybody have a safe and prosperous uh, holiday season. We're going early doing it in November, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I tell you what. The, <laughs> you need the, your leave. The Christmas decorations are up. They are. They, they went up after Easter. Yeah, didn't they? <laughs> just about. Yeah. So uh, you're allowed to say that because it is our last show for the year, and it's only this is only a month away. So. Uh, just have a safe and prosperous Have one. a great holiday, too. Oh, thanks. That was a good three. Presented by Racing.com and Top Sport.